following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the weekly Dharma series. My name is Gail Iverson, and um, Mark in, is in Mexico for this week, taking a much deserved break. And um, so he'll be back next Sunday. So today I wanted to um, talk about skillfully pursuing happiness. And I was um, kind of thinking, you know, it's the new year, and it came to my mind um, the other day about uh, New Year's resolutions. And um, I, it's not something, it's something that's, you know, it's kind of a part of our culture. And so I was, uh, I read an article in the paper talking about new technology. They were talking about how um, they were describing various um, new phone applications that um, you could get. Those things, those are all uh, beneficial human pursuits. But um, I, I was thinking uh, my desire was to clean my basement. And um, I've lived in uh, the house, we've lived in, in our house for 11 years approximately now. And I was noticing that down the basement there are things that have been there since we moved in. And um, they probably have not been used since we've moved in, so it's probably time not to have them anymore. But so I kind of noticed this. Um, desire for a clean basement, uncluttered with uh, all these things from the past. And then I was, but I was really aware, like, so there was this goal, the clean basement. And, um, but I was aware that this was going to be a process that I was going to be going through. And so I was considering how I could bring um, mindfulness practice to uh, the cleaning of the basement. And I had read an article in the New York Times um, not too long ago. They had, they had done a study on um, the they had um, gotten thousands of people to agree to be called on their cell phones. And they would check in with them and ask them um, what they were thinking about, what they were doing, what they were thinking about, and if they, um, and their level of happiness at that particular moment. And they found that um, whenever people were focused on what they were doing, that uh, their level of happiness was higher. Um, if their mind, if they were doing a particular activity and their mind was wandering into other things, there tended to be a, a, le a lesser degree of happiness that they were experiencing. And of course, as meditators, we know this: that um, you know, when we uh, focus our attention in the present moment, um, there tends to be a greater degree of 
uh, of contentment or happiness. So, um, but of course, the, the, the tasks that we find well, find you know, not quite so interesting. Um, we tend to that our, our mind tends to um, wander more at that time. So it's really helpful to you know choose tasks that um, where we can develop this um, this focusing ability, kind of mundane um, tasks, and um, this can be helpful for us in, in terms of um, bringing the activity of uh, mindful awareness into our, our lives. Um, one of the things that um, one of the things that we can um, do in terms of increasing our happiness is to um, it's really very a very simple thing this was the, the Buddha's instructions and it was to um, abandon the mind states that are unskillful and to cultivate the mind states that are skillful and so, of course, in order to do that, we need to be aware at any given time what our mind state is. And then we can um, notice if it's skillful or unskillful. And if we um, need to abandon it or if we need to cultivate it, depending on what's arising. I'd like to read a quote by Ajahn Chah. Um, Ajahn Chah, as many of you probably know, he is a um, monk in the Thai forest tradition and he was uh, taught a lot of the um, senior Western monks uh, that he was their teacher. Um, he said, within itself the mind is already peaceful. That the mind is not peaceful these days is because it follows moods. It becomes agitated because moods deceive it. Sense impressions come and trick it into unhappiness, suffering, gladness, and sorrow. But the mind's true nature is none of these things. Gladness or sadness is not the mind, but only a mood coming to deceive us. The untrained mind gets lost and follows these things, forgets itself, and then we think that it is we who are upset or at ease or whatever. But really, this mind of ours is already unmoving and peaceful. So we must train the mind to know these sense impressions and not get lost in them. And just this is the aim of all this practice we put ourselves through. So these are simple instructions. The effort of our practice um, simply to abandon what's uns the unskillful mind states and to cultivate the skillful mind states. 
in the um, guided meditation this morning, this is uh, one way that we can bring more precision to being aware of our moods. Um, We can notice what um, images are arising in our mind. We can notice the talk, the words that are arising, and we can notice the body sensations that are arising. This is basically what our emotions are composed of are these three things, um, sensations in the body and thoughts in the mind. And it's it's helpful um, with the thinking to if we can um, break this down into being aware of the images and being aware of the um, of the words. So we can um, so that this gradually as we as we start to um, bring this awareness uh, more and more uh, to our um, to our experience, we can see that um, gradually we can see that these um, these words and images and sensations that are arising um, are really not personal. All of these things are impersonal occurrences that are arising. And um, we can remind ourselves that um, of what Ajahn Chah said, that the mind is already um, peaceful. It's just that um, because of all the activities that are arising in the mind and the identification that we have with them, we tend to get confused. And um, so we, um, we get caught up in them. And so with this practice, we train the mind to see things clearly as they are. And of course, part of that is is to notice that things are continuously changing. Um, My sister pointed out to me that um, the basement would not stay clean. (laughs) I did. I mean, I knew that, but there was hope. (laughs) But she was right. (laughs) The basement will not stay clean. But um, so, you know, that could be a big disappointment down the road if I didn't know because I wasn't uh, aware of um, and and hadn't uh, gone through the process of it as as a practice. Um, and of course, it's um, it's not something that is just done once. It's something that you know, over and over again, um, you know, the mind goes to you know, the way it would like things to be in the future, and um, then to bring it back to what's happening right now. I mean, one of the things that helps me remember that is um, the impermanence of things is to to um, know that um, maybe I won't be around for the end of the process. Uh, you know, we never know 
um, what, what's uh, going to be in store for us. So um, just to really bring this, uh, bring our awareness into the present moment because um, that's the only time that we really have. That's the only time that um, that is real, so to speak. Um, I wanted to read one other quote from, uh, this is a quote from a well-known uh, West Vipassana teacher. He's uh, Burmese, he's um, Burmese, but he's of Indian descent. His name is Goenka. He says, whenever any impurity arises in the mind, physically two things start happening simultaneously. One is that the breath loses its normal rhythm. We start breathing harder whenever negativity comes into the mind. This is easy to observe. At a subtler level, a biochemical reaction starts in the body, resulting in some sensation. Every impurity will generate some sensation or other within the body. This presents a practical solution. An ordinary person cannot observe abstract defilements of the mind, abstract fear, anger, or passion. But with proper training and practice, it is very easy to observe respiration and body sensations both of which are directly related to mental defilements. The physical, the mental physical phenomenon is like a coin with two sides. On one side are the thoughts and emotions arising in the mind. On the other side are the respiration and sensations in the body. Any thoughts or emotions, any mental impurities that manifest themselves in the breath and sensations of that movement of that moment, excuse me. Thus, by observing the respiration or the sensations, we are in fact observing mental impurities. Instead of running away from the problem, we are facing reality as it is. As a result, we discover that these impurities lose their strength. They no longer overpower us as they did in the past. If we persist, they eventually disappear altogether and we begin to live a peaceful and happy life, a life increasingly free of negativities. So this is a way that we can um, successfully um, pursue our the desire that all human beings have um, to be happy. Um, we can work with our experience in a way that is um, skillful and beneficial. And um, gradually we can come to see that um, even our moods, we come to see that they are um, impersonal. coming out of this habit of, um, of attachment and identification. Every summer there's a 
10-day retreat that um, Steve Armstrong and Kamala Masters do in this area. And um, at the end of every day, um, Steve always um, says the quote that um, all conditioned things arise and pass away. Um, Having understood this deeply is the greatest happiness, which is peace. So I wish us all a peaceful new year. So we have a few minutes now before the children come in. So if um, anyone has any questions or comments they'd like to share, I'd like to hear from you. Yes. Yeah, um, actually, this this particular way of looking at the self, you know, these particular words that are used, is something that um, comes out of Shinzen Young's teaching, and he says that um, that that is an emotion or a mood. That is what it's composed of. Um, it's composed of, and it, it makes sense. It's composed of the thoughts that are arising in the mind. And those thoughts are composed of <coughs> images and talk, images and words. And associated with those images and words, there's usually a, there's usually sensations in the body. And so, you know, we can, and this is also what Goenka is, is saying as well, that um, when when we have when there's an emotion when there's anger fear sadness arising that um, you know, we're, we're identified with them so quickly and we're so much into the story about them that um, that we're very caught up and very per- we personalize them very you know, it's very much a personal experience but um, really they're just um, changing conditions that are arising. And if we can look at them, if we can look at them more clearly in a way of looking at that we can look at them more clearly as we can feel that we can bring our awareness to the sensations in the body, we can bring our awareness to the thoughts in the mind and look at the images and the words that are involved. So we can kind of untangle those things and um, then we can have freedom. Yes? What about more positive emotions? <clears throat> Joy, laughter? The, the, actually the same. We would do the same with those because um, we also identify with them. I'm happy. I'm joyful. I'm um, but those are also impermanent conditions, and um, so they will also pass away. And um, we we kind of have this we have this tendency as human beings to 
seek out the, you know, the, not that there's anything wrong with any of these um, experiences, except that um, we tend to identify with them. And because they are impermanent, they're going to pass. Um, and so the, um, the joys and the sorrows all pass away. And so we we tend when the um, happy things arise, when the joyful things arise, we tend to um, not pay attention because then we're where we want to be. We think, but then they pass, and then we're not where we want to be. So we, we want to bring the same precision of awareness to the um, happy emotions as well as the negative. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.